0: Blog Talk Radio. Slow down, touch your life.
1: Don't you know there's friends to be found? Lift your eyes and see the world. Welcome. Sunbury Press Book Show, sponsored by Sunbury Press, publisher of books under nine different imprints in a variety of categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. I'm your host, Lawrence Knorr, the founder of Sunbury Press, and today I have Oliver Seneca, the author of When the Sky Goes Dark. I'll read you a little bit about When the Sky Goes Dark. Whether it's to finish college or muster up the courage to talk to the cute girl in his class, Jonathan Barnes wants nothing more than to make something of himself, to be a man and make it on his own, that is, if constantly questioning and racing mind lets him. After a sudden bloodied brawl on campus that leaves over half of Whitehaven College dead, John finds himself thrust into a world turned completely upside down by violence. The news is overwhelmed with reports of rioting across the country, plane crashes, and countless innocent lives lost. They say it's going global. With no explanation as to the cause of the nationwide catastrophes and a cryptic phone message from his parents, John has no choice but to traverse into the horror to find his loved ones. His family may be dead or worse, turned into rage-filled maniacs that pay no mercy to anyone or anything when night falls. Nothing is certain except for one thing. John wants to be inside when the sky goes dark. And that's the debut novel by Oliver Seneca. Oliver was born and raised in the suburbs of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. His first foray into storytelling came in high school when he was accepted to attend the Capital Area School for the Arts, where he focused on filmmaking. Oliver became passionate about writing after reading The Long Walk by Stephen King. Oliver's a graduate of Penn State. In addition to writing, he works at his family's law practice. Oliver Seneca, welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show. Thank
0: you, Lawrence. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Wow, what an opening for this book. Uh, I'm like terrified, especially with this coronavirus uh, looming out there. And. I don't want to have any spoilers or anything, but we'll get into we'll get into the new book, um, the recently released novel, your first novel. But first, you know, I was intrigued by the mention you call out the Long Walk by Stephen King. If I'm not mistaken, that was his first novel, although not the first novel published. So uh, interesting parallel: uh, Stephen King's first novel, and yourself was your first novel out. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Long Walk and why that got you interested in in writing.
0: Yeah, so that was a book my brother recommended to me. I was not always into fiction books. I would usually read, you know, I'd have to read for school and stuff like that, and you know that can be kind of a drag. And casually, I would only read, you know, about comedians and like funny little books like that. But my brother would always be reading Stephen King stuff, so he would he would recommend me the, his books, and I, I never really got around to read any of them. Uh, uh, early on, but uh, he kept talking about The Long Walk, and I remember when I was at the store at uh, Second and Charles in Harrisburg, I found it in the compilation with all the other Bachman novels that he wrote, and I said to myself, oh, yeah, that's that book my brother keeps recommending to me, so I picked it up. It was like $9, and I went home, and I started reading The Long Walk, and uh, it hooked me in immediately, and it was one of the, the quickest I've ever read a book. I think I finished it in like two days. And uh, it was just so engaging and such an a entertaining story that uh, it inspired me that night to really try to get my own ideas out there. And um, it, it pretty much just changed my life in that I started reading fiction. I was you know, reading more Stephen King after that and other authors. And uh, it, it's kind of a simple book. It's not very long, but it, it, the story and the characters are so good that uh, it really, really changed uh, everything for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I don't remember much about the long walk except that it's a contest, a walking contest where everyone dies. Or just about everyone dies or only yeah, one can survive or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's sort of like so a metaphor for yeah. the rat race, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so interesting about it. You know, there's there's definitely different uh themes and messages you can take away from it and um I I just really it re- really I guess woke something up in me to to start putting my ideas on paper.
1: Now, was this after college, before college?
0: Uh, This was right after college. Um, I had been been really into films. Uh, I wanted to be a director when I was younger. Uh, At one point, I wanted to be a comedian and all that. So I've always had uh, this desire to entertain or to be creative in some way. And it just kind of went to book writing, sort of overnight, almost like a light bulb went off in my head. You know, I read this and I realized, you know, there's a whole other world out there um, with with fiction stories. And uh, so, yeah, it, it just kind of uh, stopped there. So, you know, if it didn't work out with filmmaking and, and stand up comedy or whatever, it seemed to uh, I found my place uh, with writing.
1: Well, I guess you could say. With writing, it's something you can do whenever you're inspired, and whatever time of day, wherever you're mm-hmm. at, you can you can uh, take that inspiration and and then start creating your story. And you can write up write whatever you want. Nobody's telling you what to write.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But I was um, the filmmaking side of things uh, is is fascinating, and it would seem like, of course, writing is usually the first step before you begin shooting. A film unless you're creating something mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, what interests you about filmmaking? What were you trying to accomplish there, and do you have any plans in the future with that, or is that something you shelved at this point?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll... I mean, you never know. Anything could happen. You know, if uh, if, if this book gets turned into a movie, maybe I could have some hand in that, but uh, it, it all started out when I was younger, about in maybe fourth or fifth grade. This is around the time YouTube was really starting to get popular and I would watch um, skits and and videos on there uh, that inspired me to kind of uh, do sketches and little goofy things, you know, with my friends and whatnot. And that snowballed into, you know, wanting to make more serious stuff like thrillers, suspenseful stuff. And I was always into watching movies myself. I have a a massive DVD collection and all that. Um, And then in high school, uh, we found there's that Casa, Capital Area School for the Arts in Harrisburg, where for half the day I would go into Harrisburg to learn about editing with Final Cut Pro and and script writing and, and all that stuff. So it kind of just went from comedy, you know, goofy little videos to oh, I wanna I wanna see if I can maybe make a career out of this, but uh, it it didn't exactly work out that way. But uh, I, I I think. Filmmaking and all the films I've seen in my life definitely are a huge chunk of my inspiration as well. Um, other than you know Stephen King and the other fiction novels I've I've read, um, but yeah, you never know it could it could come back around uh, depending on uh, where things go with my stories. But uh, I think for now I'll probably just have to stick with with uh, with writing.
1: Yeah, I know when you talk about films and especially the genre that you're writing in some films that I've seen that come to mind when I'm thinking about your book. And I know your book has some very different, uh, undertones to it. I won't, again, don't want to spoil it, but M night Shyamalan's movies where there's this looming dread and, uh, something mysterious happening that is huge, but mm-hmm. nobody knows what it is. You know, you seem to have, uh, tapped into something like that, almost like an old HG Wells War of the world's, uh, Kind of approach to things. It's it's uh, really gets its roots with H.P. Lovecraft. If you think about it, I don't know how much you know about H.P. Oh, sure. Lovecraft, but sure, yeah. So tell us a little bit about some of the movies that maybe you think about when you think about when the sky goes dark. Maybe that helped inspire this, or or at least gave you uh, a spark.
0: Yep, absolutely. So uh, there's a, a film that came out about 2006 called Carriers with uh, Chris Pine. And that's um that's about like a zombie outbreak, you know, people people trying to get through, you know, driving through town with a car, they only have so much gas and all that stuff. I, I've definitely been inspired by the zombies that twenty eight days later comes to mind as well. Um but when it comes to the book, I didn't want to do straight up, you know, undead zombie things, but I definitely wanted to have that idea of there's a virus somewhere, there's an outbreak, you know, people are acting kind of funky. You know they're not really sure where it's all coming from, um, so definitely uh, 28 Days Later and and Carriers and um, you know Night of the Living Dead of course the classic. Um, there, there there's just so many films out there and even um, even outside the film, um, believe it or not, there's some video games. I don't know if you've ever heard of Resident Evil.
1: Um, yeah, it's
0: a popular sure. series that has to, that has to do with. Uh, like outbreaks and viruses and stuff like that. There's also a film adaptation uh, of those games as well. So I kind of like put all that stuff together, you know, take take inspiration, little elements from from each thing and, and kind of uh, blend them up and try to put my own spin on it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because uh, there's a, a book, a couple books that we've published on our verboten books imprint I won't mention who the author is except to say the author is mysterious and we're not quite sure his name's brahm (laughs) stroker and obviously it's a pseudonym for somebody but it kind of plays on the fact that this whole zombie plague um yeah it's been so popular in the popular culture in the media you know in films and books and so on and it kind of makes fun of it, but it takes it in a totally different way. It's called rated Z, you know, like a rated Z film. It's the lowest oh, level sure. of film. Yeah. Well, this is just meant to be both humorous and, uh, and also uh, have horror elements to it. And it's very different sure. from what, what you've done, but I think it's interesting that we have a few of these different uh, takes on uh, calamitous plagues and uh, what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you been thinking about recent news and coronavirus at all when, uh, when you think about your novel? Yeah. Is there any connection Yep, you're absolutely. There? Yep,
0: yeah. absolutely. You know, um, you know that's going on, and that you know, who knows what what all that is, you know, has originated from. But I'm I'm definitely thinking about that, and <clears throat> you never know how that will inspire, you know, other works coming out in the future. Um, you know, it just goes to show, is you know, although these outbreak stories you know they come out a lot there's a, there's there's all kinds of stories about them but that's because there's so many things in real life going on that we're not sure about uh will right. always be that inspiration there so coronavirus could be the you know that could be when the sky goes dark volume 2 you never know <laughs>
1: there you go yeah you know, the other the other question i have for you uh, uh, when i look at the description of your book white haven college stands out to me just like blinking white haven college come on man did <laughs> you name what? a college? That's more obviously like, is it trying to send a message about comfortable people in a predominantly upper class, uh, privileged <laughs> setting, or or is that actually the name of the town and like like a town in Connecticut or?
0: <laughs> no, you know that that's interesting you said that I I uh, I actually never even really thought about it that way. Um, no, I you know honestly there there's no underlying message there. At least, you know, not intentionally. That that was just the name of the of the place. I just kind of uh, came up with that. I think at one point it was like Red Haven. It might have even been like Harris Town. I was just kind of throwing out different uh, different names. But that that's an interesting point that you make about that. Uh, I guess I guess one could interpret it that way as well.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we all. When you start to read things and look at things, you can you can psychoanalyze. You can do a lot of maybe overthinking sometimes with stuff. But, sure, sure. Hey, I'll, I thought it was great, and uh, it kind of gave me that image, and and I was imagining uh, that dimension to it, like the world goes to hell in that kind of setting too, and you know nobody's safe kind of thing. So yeah, uh, it's uh it's an interesting angle to it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think absolutely. it's funny that you hadn't thought of it, but. That's cool. Um yeah. So tell us a, tell us a little bit about uh the book, at least as much as you can. You know, uh where is it set in, in and did you have in mind a is there a real place that you've renamed or uh you know, is it pretty much what you know around you or did you invent a place that doesn't exist?
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah, so that's uh it's in central PA. I uh I went to college at Penn State Harrisburg. Uh, which definitely has some inspiration for White Haven. Um just kind of like uh, you know, a little college just in a little central PA town, uh kind of tucked away. And um yeah, it it was definitely inspired by my time there. I can't say that it was it's directly related, you know, for, for legalities. But uh right. there, there's definitely elements of, of places around, you know, the Harrisburg area and then some rural places um that I've visited growing up, you know, and the story he when he's going home he has to kind of go through this farmland and uh you know that's based on on some uh some western pennsylvania towns that uh that I remember driving through growing up to see you know my relatives and stuff like that. So there's there's a little bit of uh memory, you know, childhood memory in there, there's a little bit of my educational location in there. Um but uh I you know I think you'll always have have to sprinkle in, you know, stuff that, you know, to keep it fictitious sure. and at the same time, keeping it kind of real for, you know, people around here that read the book, they might think like, oh yeah, I know this place or oh no, this character is based on me. And it's like, nah, not exactly. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of every, everybody <laughs> and everything in, in there, but uh, you know, you, you just kind of sprinkle in a little bit of your personal stuff in there too. But uh,
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's definitely
0: inspired by by the local area.
1: So Jonathan Barnes, is that, uh, in your mind as you're writing, is that you or is it somebody you, you, uh, <laughs> aspire to be somebody you knew? I know you can't say exactly, sure. but you know, maybe amalgamation of a few people. Yep, absolutely. I think,
0: honestly, I think if anybody ever writes a book, they're, they're, whether they know it or not, they're putting traits of themselves as the main character or a character in the book. So there's definitely a little bit of me and John, no doubt. Um, but, uh, Honestly, when I was first drafting the story, he was actually based off a, a friend of mine that I went to kindergarten with, who was kind of a, kind of like a clumsy kid, kind of a nervous guy, nerdy guy. Um, but uh, I guess I guess at the end of the day, I, I'm not too different from my childhood friend after all, because uh, there's you know part of me and him as well, and and of course you know friends and, and family members will have traits of them you know. You, You look at the relationship between Jonathan Barnes and his dad, you know, of course, there's going to be a little bit of uh, my father and Mr. Barnes and stuff like that. So uh, I I think it's just inevitable when you when you create characters uh, to not have yourself in there a little bit, you know.
1: Well, having met your father on the phone, I'd have to say he's very proud of his son and and very supportive and, you know, much appreciated. So hopefully Mr. hopefully Mr. Barnes and John have a pretty good relationship. Although <laughs> yes, I'm a little worried about absolutely. the cryptic phone message. Yeah, yeah. There's
0: some scary stuff in there, yeah. You never know.
1: Well, I have to ask you, too. You you kind of tease us with the book description and talk about his getting up the courage to talk to the cute girl in the class. So, <laughs> did you?
0: <laughs> oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, I guess so. You know, I think, uh, I'm like anybody else, you know, there's always going to be some girl in class. There's always going to be some situation where it's like, up, I know, I know I have an opportunity to say something. And, uh, I, for me, it's 50, 50, I have done it. And, you know, it's very nerve wracking and there's the other 50% where you don't do it and you kind of beat yourself up. But, uh, I've done it and and it's worked out. And and other times I've been shot down, you know, sometimes they already have a, a boyfriend or whatever. And, uh, You just have to kind of get over that. So
1: I remember back in high school, and I'm dating myself. This is a long time ago, but I always had a crush on a certain girl in class. I won't mention any names. But (laughs) a couple years after we graduated, we were at um, a reunion, might have been our fifth year reunion, and she was there. And I sat down and we talked. And, you know, and I I just jokingly said, you know, hey, you know, I had always wanted to ask you out. And she's like, well, why didn't you?
0: And oh, I said, no. well, I thought, I
1: thought you wouldn't be interested. And she said, oh, my God, I would have said yes in a heartbeat. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God. What? <laughs> but we were both married at that point in time and
0: never oh, saw each goodness. other
1: again after that. But,
0: oh. yeah, was,
1: the lesson is to younger guys or younger people, you know, if you're interested in somebody for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to get to know them or to go on a date, don't be bashful. Um Yeah, maybe more than often they'll say no, thank you. But if you don't ask, it'll never happen. Don't rely on it It to happen by itself, right? Yeah, you always got
0: to see what's going on out there. You got to always try. I always say at least try.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I could go into a long story about Tammy, Mrs. Nor, now, and uh, how we met, and how I went out of my way to make sure that that happened. And so, you know, when you finally meet somebody that is. Just the good, the greatest, the best that you, you've you known, and you know you want to spend more time with that person. I, uh, I By that age, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to mess around anymore. You only get so many <laughs> chances. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, I,
1: I feel you. Yeah, that's fun. So what are you working on now? What's what's coming up after or when the sky goes dark? Is there anything in the works?
0: Yep, absolutely. I'm always uh, working on different drafts and stuff. I um, I enjoy the genre of horror and thriller so much. I'm trying to kind of dabble in each of the different sub-genres. So I'm working on, you know, I have a paranormal one about a haunted school coming up. I have uh, one that's kind of like a psychological horror. I'm working on one right now about witches and, and kind of like a gothic old age type horror. So I'm I'm, I'm constantly coming up with ideas. And uh, trying to map out, you know, different time frames to sit down and, and write the draft. So, I have a I have a, a lot of stuff in the vault. Uh, we just got to get it all ready to go. So, stay tuned, everybody. Out now, there do you listening. think
1: you're, there's an opportunity to do a series, a prequel, a sequel, or are you thinking more like just different stories, completely different threads?
0: Yeah, you know. Um, When it comes to When the Sky Goes Dark, at this time I don't feel as though I want to do a direct sequel. But I will say that there's a character early on in the book uh, named Skylar Doyle, the love interest of uh, Jonathan Barnes. Uh, And she kind of goes off early on in the book, and we don't really find out what happens to her. So in my head I have – I guess they call it a – or I call it a parallel sequel in that – you know, there's a story to be had with Skylar Doyle going on that takes place during the same time as okay. what Jonathan Barnes is going through. So it's possible I could, you know, get that one out there. I haven't read anything about that, but that in terms of, you know, any additional work in that world, uh, that's all that I can think of at this time is just to have that kind of uh that spiritual uh parallel sequel, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah that would be interesting too. So the other the other things you're working on are also horror.
0: Yeah, well. absolutely. Horror and thriller and uh I I was trying a little bit of sci fi. You know, I, I don't have <clears throat> many uh experiences with the sci fi uh story, so I'm kinda dabbling that in that as well, trying to see about, you know, maybe like the space sci fi horror style thing. So we'll have to see how that all you know manifests.
1: Yeah, I think one of the challenges when you jump from contemporary things that you know you know in the everyday world and trying mm-hmm. to explain what's happening to, all right, now we're in future, or we're in a totally different world with mm-hmm. different technology and so on. It gets a little harder to. You've got you to set up uh, all kinds of rules and laws and you know think about exactly what's the structure how do things work what's the technology what's different how do i how do i describe that as a writer you know and yeah exactly uh, exactly when it's well done it's very entertaining and uh Mm. and fun to read well we have a few minutes to go here maybe five or six minutes i i was wondering with uh getting back to when the sky goes dark what What have you been doing uh, to promote? Have you been out talking anywhere? Have any events? How how has it gone?
0: Yeah, I was just uh, earlier this month, or I guess last month now, it's February 1st. uh, The beginning of January, I was on Good Day PA. I uh, got a little interview with uh, Miss Amy Kime. She was nice to have me on, and I got that out there on the local news. And um, we're setting up some book tours around Camp Hill and Mechanicsburg and Harrisburg. We're gonna to try to go out to maybe Philadelphia and Pittsburgh uh, to get those books out there in Barnes and Noble and local bookstores and all that. So uh, we're getting that all set up to promote. And also, we've been just doing good uh, promotion on uh, you know Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that, and, and even Reddit. I don't know if you're familiar with Reddit. Um, people yeah. on there have been really nice in the different horror subreddits and the and the uh, writing communities. So. We're, we're trying to fire on all cylinders here, on cross digital and in person, so it's it's been going well.
1: I also uh, often tell our authors that one of the best ways to promote your work is to write another book, and uh, <laughs> yeah. to do it in a yeah, to do it in a timely way because if you can have a rhythm to it and a regular release schedule, say one book a year, maybe one even one every six months. Some people can do that, some can't. Sometimes it wow. takes two years. Depends, depends sure. on your pace and how much time you put to things, but uh, building that fan base wow. through additional books is uh, it's tough to do it with just one book. So,
0: Yeah, said I, sure, I think, sure.
1: I think you're getting a lot of mileage out of uh, this first one, and certainly write it as far as you can. And uh, Great that you're working on other ideas. I can't wait to see them. Hopefully, you present them to us to consider.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know,
1: Another idea I had for you was uh, – I don't know if you've checked out the International Thriller Writers Group, but uh, they're always looking for members. I don't know what it costs. I don't belong to it, but a number of our authors do, and we're a recommended publisher on through that organization. So, Oh, wow. Uh, there's a lot of resources there. Maybe When the Sky Goes Dark doesn't get a lot of attention there, but maybe your next book would. Oh, okay, for sure, uh, yeah. So, yeah, well, what, yeah, I a, what out. a great book i I think what I'll tell everyone who's listening, don't assume that this is your typical zombie plague kind of book this is <laughs> this is just a mounting sense of dread for an unknown reason things going on almost like Alfred Hitchcock or something like that, although in a contemporary way, and you know oh, thank you. Oliver, it's been great to have you on. Uh, Absolutely, Thank
0: you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, we hope to have you back to talk about your next one. Oh, for sure. Everybody, thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show. We've been talking to Oliver Seneca, When the Sky Goes Dark.